Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnerville, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Show, grassroots show, two straight up, brought to you by. The show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, um, and Chinese Medicine, and also HappyTrees.co. Um, so we're going to start the show. You know, on this show, we've been talking a little bit, and we've been giving hints about some of the complete financial improprieties, and that's putting it kindly, that occurred under the previous leadership of the Colorado Republican Party. Um, and Ash Epp from Ash in America and with the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle has a great column in this month's uh, Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, sort of beginning to reveal the actual truth of the matter. So Ash, hey, thank you for the column. It was amazing. And thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, improprieties is definitely a nice way of talking about the financial scandal with the prior administration. <laughs> well, you know, I have said that I would ar- arguably, I mean, there's more that's going to be coming out, I think, next weekend. Um, a, lot a lot more. I mean, I, I think arguably some of it could be criminal, you know, but why don't I just, why don't you jump in and you talk to Dave Williams? Why don't you talk about well, let me first start with this. So the, the the establishment people have been steadily attacking Dave Williams, saying, oh, we can't fundraise. They don't have any money. They're even going to be evicted, which was a lie because they haven't been paying the rent. What's the truth of the matter that you were able to find out? Sure. So I spoke with with Chairman Williams about about this scandal. And what happened is prior to leaving her office, chairwoman, former chairwoman Christy Burton Brown announced that they were leaving the party with a surplus of $100,000. $100,000 is according to Dave Williams. Um, I've heard from other members of the party, it was closer to $120,000. Uh, and that was a surplus. And of course, the stated objective of the Republican Party is to get Republicans elected. That's it's why they haven't focused on any systemic issues or or closing the primaries or any of the the procedural administrative process type things because they're so focused on getting Republicans elected. <laughs> and they failed to get Republicans right, elected yeah, in, well, in the yeah. last election. <laughs> right. We we learned we learned the real outcome or the the real impact of open primaries in the 2022 midterm when we saw the the assembly results right. so uh very so so radically from what happened in the primaries and so when the it, it, it appears that this is during the transition of power that hundred hundred to hundred twenty thousand dollar surplus was spent and it was spent on bonuses and on other, uh, you know, basically they paid themselves is, is what it appears to be, what appears to have happened. And this happened during the transition of power. So the stated objective of the Republican Party is to get Republicans elected. They did not get Republicans elected. They then paid themselves bonuses for failing to achieve their objective in, in instead of paying their rent. Right. They they owed the landlord nine thousand dollars. They allegedly, reportedly, according to the chair, had a hundred thousand dollars, and now they don't have a hundred thousand dollars, and they still owe nine thousand dollars in rent. 
Right. And what is so ironic about that is, again, so they leaked articles and, and editorials and all kinds of things trying to claim that somehow this was Dave's fault and that he was being evicted. Yeah. And instead, so let's just make this clear so people understand. There was, when Dave Williams was voted to become the chairperson, roughly $120,000 $120, surplus. So Dave, the grassroots guy, takes over. And now there's like zero or practically zero. And so the question is, what did happen to that money? And you're saying they paid themselves bonuses for not doing their job after they knew they were all going to be leaving, right? Yeah. And I would say that they claimed that there was a hundred thousand dollar surplus when, when chair chairman Williams was voted into office. We don't know if that's true. Uh, apparently at the central committee meeting that's taking place on August 5th, there's going to be a review by the new treasurer and a readout of what's going on with the party's finances. But it's very possible in, in, for people that would pay themselves bonuses after losing elections. It's very possible that they just misreported what they had. We don't know. And I agree with you. I think it could be criminal. And I think there needs to be an investigation. If it turns out that there is criminal behavior, it absolutely needs to involve the authorities. Well, I, I can say as a matter <clears throat> sorry, member of the executive committee, um, money went flying out the door to themselves, to the Brownsteins, to everyone else. Uh, at the same time, they've been misreporting their filings, and that's on record with the FEC, um, uh, to the tune of $100,000. And they've carried that over for, I don't know how many terms, uh, from days of Ryan Call. Um, so in, in reality, there was a massive negative uh, by the time they actually got uh, inside the door. Well, and, and again, so just so folks are clear, and they've been blaming the inability to have the, the lack of money on Dave Williams. And the reason, at least as far as we can tell, besides just perhaps just um, having completely messed up books, and I would submit there's a reason that you have completely messed up books, and that is, you, you know, you don't want anyone to know what was actually in them, but they were paying themselves bonuses on their way out the door. I, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I could see paying yourself a bonus after the election, even though we lost. I could see the argument for that. But why would you pay yourself a bonus knowing that you were all leaving? Leaving. Uh, I mean, that's that to yeah. me, that's corrupt. I, I'll just put it that way. So so the FEC filing information, the misrepresentations to the FEC is something that I have heard from sources, but I had not been able to confirm with an existing member of the executive committee. So you just did that for me, Chuck. <laughs> Thanks did. for that. Well, it's, on it. it's on public. It's on public record. Yeah. Because the and treasurer are... said, I can't I cannot sign this. It'd be a criminal act for me to sign this knowing it's wrong. Um, so he didn't. He said and, there's this huge there's this six-figure discrepancy um, that's gone on for ever since Ryan Cole. Yeah, and here's why. So, Julie, to your point, I'm not sure of any other industry where you can completely fail to meet your objectives and then get a bonus, but maybe you could make the argument, right? I, I can I can see that happening, right? Uh, certainly in politics. Um, you always get rewarded for failing in politics, it seems. <laughs> but when, when we think about why this is important, to Colorado, uh, to, to, you know, Colorado voters, Republicans, at least the, the base, right. The, and the currently the new leadership of the party, both in the counties, a lot of the counties went to America first leadership and in the state party, their biggest problem is a brand problem. 
The Republican Party for the past decade has been detached from the people. I've I've said it before. I think they're very content being the minority party in the state. It works out for them, right? They pay themselves bonuses when they fail. And so the the to if they want to appeal to voters and not be the minority party in the state they're going to have to deal with the brand and trust problems there's very little trust in the republican party largely because of the establishment that's been running it for you know the past several decades and certainly the past decade um so as we look at you know what is the appropriate response in in our current environment well if your objective is to to rebuild trust and and to you know fix the brand issues in the Republican Party, the last thing you want to do is sweep a massive financial scandal under the rug. And you know it it I don't know if we're going to see accountability. I don't tend to think so because we never see accountability when it comes to politics. It, it, there's always a reason that it gets swept under the rug. But if we want to appeal to voters, if the Republican Party and you know you guys know I'm not a Republican um, and I fully advocate and endorse closing the primaries as not a Republican. Um, But I, you've got to deal with the trust problem. And this is, you know, so I think that there is the, the financial scandal that happened. I also think that there's an element of sabotage happening here. So this mires the new leadership in a financial scandal, leaves them with zero resources and, and hurts their ability to, bring about the change that they were focused on and and campaigned on and got elected on into their leadership positions. And I think that's kind of the point. Well, a sabotage, I think it was definitely, and not just an element of sabotage. I think the whole point was, number one, to line their own pockets on the way out the door. And then number two, use the whole financial issue as an excuse or as to sabotage the incoming grassroots leadership. Because number one, like you said, you know, they were ready to hit the ground running and they get in there. And I mean, they had storage spaces that weren't, I mean, it was a complete disaster, right? Well, it took them two months to locate all the bank accounts where right. they think are all the bank accounts. Yeah. There are all books laying around. It's like- I mean, all of a sudden, oh yeah, here's another one. And the reason why they were hiding some of these bank accounts, because some of them included payouts, which which the insiders didn't want to be shown uh, to the new people. And so, it, so in the meantime- Scandalous. Oh, yes. That is scandalous. Having oh. 10, you know, 10 or however many it was bank accounts floating around, nobody's doing proper accounting of what's going on. And there are uh, payouts happening, you know, to to, to friends and and uh, lobbyists. And, and you know, it's it, it is so scandalous. And if it gets swept under the rug, the Republicans party is going to have a a real hard time with and me. I think, and I think they it's, it was sort of a double sabotage too, because number one, they sabotage their ability to hit the ground running because they've got to straighten this mess out, right? And now if you're the Republican leadership, and I do know, because we've had conversations um, with the Republican leadership about it, they want to get the word out. But I think every time they turned around, they would find something new. And I think that next weekend, I think this report, I think they feel like they've gotten to the bottom of things. And so I think you're right. They don't want to sleep it under the rug, but like, but then it becomes a problem and and which the you know meanwhile those other people still have the money by the way which has probably already been spent but now if you're dave williams you have the it's kind of a struggle i mean on one hand you want to regain the trust but on the other hand the other side is so good at muddying the message they control a lot of the mainstream media reporting on this and so you got to be concerned at least I would be about how is this going to be represented? Um, and yet you got to get it out. Like you said, it's it's a double-edged sword, I think. Well, it's also the, the third part about it. Um, a lot of things they found, if you accuse somebody and they're not true, would be libelous. 
So you better make sure they're true. <laughs> you better dot your I's and cross your T's and better make sure they're true. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've recently found out that you can accuse anybody of anything as long as you put it in a lawsuit, because then you that's can true. speak about the legal case. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, as a um, lawyer, I can tell you that's true. <laughs> yeah. The other uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up here is, you know, Julie, you mentioned they have they still have the money. Christy Burton Brown has moved on to a very lucrative uh, pack position. And this I just find so unbelievably ironic, given the fact that she is mired in a financial scandal, or at least should be. It's, you know, fallen to new leadership to deal with the scandal. But it's her scandal. Make no mistake. Uh, the mission of her pack, the Advanced Colorado pack, the mission is to is, is to. Um, Support policies that increase economic opportunity and greater government transparency. We will oppose policies that would be harmful to Colorado's economic well-being and efforts to unnecessarily grow the size and reach of government. And so she's at her her organization that she works for now. They're very excited. The in the in the announcement of her taking this job, the president of um of Advanced Colorado said that she has a proven track record of uniting Coloradans, <laughs> which I found hilarious. Against Republicans. So yeah, divisive. Yeah. 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 Well, Such well, a so divisive figure, but, but she's now of... going to focus on transparency. There yeah, we go. Well, there yeah. we go. Well, well she, was, she was a member of Joe Oatman's, I think it was also called FEC, um, and, right. and, and which was very very grassroots and very conservative and, and everything else. And now she's over advanced Colorado, advanced Colorado, which is, you know, George Brockler's there. It's really just a one more shill for Phil Anschutz. He's, he's the one behind it. Yeah. And I, um, I have a very long memory and I remember when Christy Burton Brown was elected into her chair position, she is a one term chair and, and that's largely because what she campaigned on in the chair election, she failed to deliver. She said she was going to focus on election integrity. She said she was going to focus on supporting grassroots efforts. The reason that all of the grassroots candidates in the third round of elections shifted their support from their other candidate right. to Christy Burton Brown is because of concessions that she made that she then just failed to deliver on. Just well, they turned weren't, her back they on, weren't concessions. On she was saying, I'm a grassroots person. Yes, her, main her. Main opponent was, yeah. her main opponent was Scott Gessler, who was absolutely establishment. Um, and then you had Casper Stockholm, who threw all the support to her. So she ran as a grassroots candidate. And if you read some of the in- emails, it's kind of illuminating of to how much uh, Christy Burton Brown was a uh, grassroots person. Well, and, you know, I, I think it go, and Leo here was saying, you know, why don't we talk about what they want to do instead of the past? And Leo, we, we will and we are. But I think it's important that people understand that the establishment has had that that is not in the previous establishment leadership is pulling out all of the stops to do everything they can to undermine the grassroots. Um, and we'll get into the Bonniewell Amendment there. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of effort they're putting into trying to get rid of that. And one of the ways they're doing it is by calling into question, Dave, the, the new leadership's ability to raise money, to handle money. And they did that by sabotaging them, by essentially pocketing all of the money, whatever there was left before they before yeah. they left. Well, on, on- I think it's NBC's Margaret Brennan. She said um, uh, to, I forget which uh, Republican, um, Jim Jordan or somebody, um, don't you think it's time to move on from Hunter Biden 
now that we now that we've got the guilty plea, we can move on. You know, yeah. Just, yeah why worry? Well, and Hunter Biden's guilty plea has nothing to do with his laptop or the 459 documented no. crimes on the laptop. It's a it, it's a it's to pacify people saying that there's asymmetrical justice, but there absolutely is asymmetrical justice. Just to Leo's point, I just want to say that. The problem is, yes, absolutely. It would be great to move on and and just focus on rebuilding the party in the future. The problem that you have is that the Colorado electorate has severe trust issues. And if we just move on and don't deal with the scandal and don't right. try to rebuild the, the party in a transparent way that that rebuilds trust among the voting population, it's going to we're, we're, the Republican Party is going to continue to hemorrhage members and we're going to continue to lose elections. We need transparency. One of the biggest problems, Hunter Biden is a great example of it. They want us to move on from Hunter Biden. They want us to move on from pandemic response. They want us to move on from the stolen election. They want want us to move on from Afghanistan. They want us to move on from the border. Be- and when we move on from those things, nobody right. gets held accountable and the, bu- right. the the corruption within the bureaucracy continues. If we're going to fix this problem, if we're going to win elections as conservatives and Republicans in Colorado, again, we have to rebuild trust with the voters. Well, it's well, hard to build up trust with Republicans when the unaffiliated, along with the Democrats who registered for one day uh, as unaffiliated, Vote for candidates who uh, are anti uh, pro life. Um, they are anti Trump, um, and they're anti election integrity. And you kind of go, well, there's a branding problem. <laughs> what the hell do you stand for? I, mean, I stand for making money and paying consultants yeah, a lot of money. You know, well, you know, and here's the thing too. Back with to the, the whole this whole financial scandal, I hope that some of the big donors out there are paying attention. I gotta imagine if I'm a big donor, I'm like, wait a minute, you what? You did what with the money? We, we didn't win any elections, and you gave yeah. yourself a bonus. I hope if you're a donor, you're calling up some of these consultants and some of these people and saying, what the heck? What's going on over there, right? Yeah. And then I hope they turn around and look at the new leadership, as you said, who hopefully will reveal all of this, will do their best. Oh, we'll never know on. all of it. I well, promise you. I promise you. I think you've got to establish that trust, too. And, and hopefully, I don't know, sometimes I think that some of the big donors are just kind of happy just being big donors and and you know they don't really care about actually winning either you know as long as they can i don't know what what their point is to tell you the truth but i think that's an important thing too that they have to that they have to address yeah i i completely agree and when we look at you know chuck you're talking i think you were about to head into talking about closing the primaries one thing that we have to get back to and it's not back that far right prop 107 and 108 was 2016 but right. we're, we're not talking about, you know, going back to the Stone Age. We're right. saying, hey, this pilot, this pilot that we did of open primaries didn't work. That's right. That's essentially it's doing a postmortem on, on 107 and 108 and saying, hey, this actually turned into a really corrupt process that no longer represents the will of the people in the party. Our uh, political parties are First Amendment protected. The. The idea that you have to open up the association, the freedom of association to a political party, to everybody in the state it, to in order to pick the candidates on the ballot, you've, you've instantly then determined that the candidates on the ballot are no longer reflective of the people within the party. And that, to me, is it. it, it, it well, we see the, the impacts of it. Right. right. We've seen well, we you, saw you, what you, happened you, in the 2022 primaries. Go ahead. You've got to have something of your own ideas. And if all you elect are people who are really Democratic light, you have nothing. You have no choice. 
I mean, the whole point of parties, the whole point of free association is so they can bring ideas forward. Well, when the other team can take over who your candidates are, when they can vote who your candidates yep. will be, you have no message. You have Joe O'Day. You have what Dick Wadham says is the greatest yeah, candidate's ever run. Right. Well, um, and again, you got to keep in mind the reason that the consultant class likes the open primary is because the Democrats pay to have fake Republicans run. And so the, the the real Republicans don't have giant coffers, right? They don't have giant campaign expenditures. Um, but the fake Republicans who are funded by the Democrats have a ton of money to run. So if I'm a consultant, let's see, do I want to represent a really rich fake Republican with a lot of money, or do I want to represent a real Republican with very little money? I mean, that's what's going on here. That's, I mean, well, they also get to the petition route and then they can see there's a huge money operation for petition signatures, all that run by the, by the consultants and, and others. Um, out of Colorado Springs and elsewhere. Well, and this is the way it's supposed to work. So if we nominate like real Republicans and they lose, well, we have the whole putting election integrity aside, which I know is a big if. But I mean that then that at least that's the vote. And I think you know we can talk the, the attacks against the Bonnie Wall Amendment and the you know the opt out. I mean they they completely misrepresented. They're calling Chuck Stalin esque um, from simply saying if you're not there, it's assumed to be a yes vote. I mean, well, it, it's it's easy. For 20 years, starting in about 2002, the Democrats have changed every aspect of our elections, every aspect. Every time they change it, Republicans say nothing and do nothing. Um, And 108 was a perfect example where only 53 percent approved it. So the majority of Republicans probably opposed it. Um, And and yet they say, oh, I was against that. But now we have to stay because we'll alienate the unaffiliated. Um, and, and they also made it impossible to opt out by saying you need 75% of the membership. So everybody who doesn't show up is a no vote. So sitting down in my chair one night, um, having a cocktail, I said, well, that's not fair. Why don't we just change it to a yes vote? So I drew up a little, you know, bylaw and, and sent it on to Dave and all hell is broken loose. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. I You're mean, oh my now. God, how dare you propose an amendment? <laughs> To the Democrats' plans. <laughs> I, I think Wadham yeah. just lost his lunch on the Denver Gazette. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's important for people to understand that oh, the uh, ma- mandatory open primaries are unconstitutional. The Supreme Court d- decided in the Democrat Party versus Jones in the year 2000 that you can't mandate that there is freedom of association, that parties have a right. So that's why our open primary legislation 107 and 108 has this opt-out feature in it because it's unconstitutional otherwise right right right. so what we have is a you know is is 75 percent of the the committee members have to vote yes in order to override all of them they don't show up it's it's a no right and it's out of that that which blows my mind it's out of the population of everyone whether they're there or not and right. so you can sabotage you can sabotage the vote by just not showing up. Well, exactly. That to me is incredible. In, yeah. in 2018, 2020, I think 2016, we nowhere close to 75% people went to the meeting. Yeah. Uh, in 2022, because they, they figured out oh, we'll just squash it, um, they got enough proxies to get over 75% and then using using the um, the automatic no crushed it. So you say, well, let's yeah. slightly make the playing field a little easier. So <laughs> 
you know, with with like all. You said, so at least they have to show up or have a proxy. Otherwise, you're right. The way you yeah. would the way you would win is just don't, don't show, show up. up. Yeah. And I mean, you can yeah. get that you can get a proxy if you want to vote no. Then bring a proxy, and you can't be there. Bring a proxy, and you're right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And you can tell that they're they're so annoyed and they're freaking out about it because because they're fighting so hard against it. I mean, it's really hard to find an actual valid argument about well, if it could be considered no, why can't we just say well, we now are going to assume it yes i mean you know because the whole thing is ridiculous and like you said what other electoral election system do you have yeah. to have 75 percent of the whole population right you would be like well, it's like everybody in the united states 75 percent even if only 50 percent vote and you go well, okay well that's that's fair and yet they're you know Colorado peak politics dick wadhams um all all of the the uh i'm sure advanced colorado george brockler all of them go oh no that's undemocratic because whatever the Democrats want to do is by definition. No, democratic. what's undemocratic is not allowing your party to operate as a party and yes. opening it. What we saw in 2022, and I, you know, it's the first time that I was paying close attention to this process was in 2022. And we saw an, a, a result at the assembly that shocked the world, right? The right. world of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Every single Senate candidate, except for Ron Hanks, failed to make it onto the ballot. Um, we we saw that, you know, despite all the clickers, clicker issues and all of the other things that happened, we saw America First candidates sweep. It was obvious that the will of the people was with America First. And then we head into the primary and <laughs> in the primary, the opposite happens. Right. Right. And it, so what you have to believe then is that the, the party voting members at the assembly weren't actually put in their positions by the people that they represent in their precincts. And I don't believe that because we had at that point the most engaged Republican party that, that Colorado had seen in at least 10 years. The, the assembly was more well attended than, than right. any in recent memory in recent history. And the people were engaged and the people that were there voting represented populations of Republican voters in their precincts and their right. Senate districts and, you know, and, and all of it. And so it is it's a very detached result that we saw in the primary. I think they manipulated it. I, I've made no no, uh, you know, I have no illusions about our elections. I think that they're rigged, but it's it's a big part of of how they were able to manipulate the primaries because it's open and because you know, as Chuck said, Democrats can register for one day and show up and vote. And yeah, there they, was they no register reason- unaffiliated. For one day and show up and work. Something too, and they're pushing. I mean, there's there's going to be, I guarantee you, someday soon. Yet another thing that essentially says, well, anyone can vote in any primary. You know what I mean? Trump theory always says he wants Democrats to vote in Republican primary. Right. You don't even have to switch your affiliation, right? Anybody who wants to vote, and since Democrats don't have primaries, and they just vote. I mean, right. that's where we're going. I mean, people need to realize this that they're going. The Democrats have been manipulating the system, and they're not manipulating it for the benefit of Republicans. Republicans, you know, and so we yeah. need to go back. Like you said, they make it sound as if this is some some opting out is like this closing closing the primary just to Republicans. Liberating the primary, massively bizarre, never heard of idea. And instead, it's the way we did it for years. One hundred years, Republicans actually won. What? Oh, go ahead. No, go, it's fine. Go ahead. I was going to ask you why do, your theory on why. The establishment people seem to be freaking out so bad. Well, 
they're more exposed than they've ever been. So as you were, you know, talking just about Democrats manipulating the system, that's certainly the case here in Colorado. But in in red states, Republicans have been manipulating the system, establishment Republicans. What we see is a coordinated uniparty effort to keep the establishment forces in power. And that is, you know, in Colorado, that's the the donor class and the lobbyist class. It is the same donor class and lobbyist class everywhere. Right. Right. but we see we see a coordinated effort, whether we're talking about H.R. 1 from a federal standpoint, going back to HAVA. Right. HAVA was a was a federalization of, of U.S. elections. And we've seen these changes happening over 20 years. So when I think about why are they freaking out, why are they pushing back so hard on everything? It's because they see their power slipping their power. The, the power of the uniparty establishment only works if the people don't see it. It only works if the narrative continues to work and the narrative is crumbling all around them. And they're more exposed than they've ever been. I think it freaks them out as well. It should. Well, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later, probably, but this Israeli um, huge demonstrations, massive protests, everything else over over what is not much of a change in the way the judiciary works for this first bill. Why so much? Why hundreds of thousands? Why? Because the uniparty in Israel controls the judicial system. And because they control the judicial system, they can interfere in everything uh, the elected officials do. And yet they would make you seem like, oh, my gosh, I mean, how can the Netanyahu government actually want to make decisions? I mean, they should leave it to us, the left. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's true. Everywhere. It is. Well, Ash, listen, we get it. We're because I know you have so many things going on. I can't even keep up. Well, how much of your action have you gotten to? I column? can't keep up either. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I, I missed it, Chuck. What'd you say? Well, how much reaction have you got to the column? Oh, this one's been great. I, I've had I, I've had a great a great response, both, you know, personally, people reaching out to me to tell me how much they hate me, as well as people yes, actually liking reaching out to this one. <laughs> yeah. like no, that. there's actually there's actually people that like this that like this one. And what we um saw julie and i were talking about this yesterday the uh facebook is throttling the comments on on the piece so several members of the you know members of republicans in colorado shared this on facebook and certain comments have been you know smashed for violating community standards for sharing the gop civil war maybe it's because it says war i don't know the left can write civil war all they want and they don't get throttled on facebook but yeah the so this is definitely ruffling some feathers um it was a it was a fun piece to write but really it made me more um angry than anything else so i'm certainly looking forward to august 5th to see what the financial readout looks like and what they're going to do to to hold people accountable for this taking the donations to the party and paying yourself bonuses rather than paying your rent especially when you failed to completely failed to reach the objectives for which you were in your position to begin with is scandalous and possibly criminal. It needs, there, there needs to be some accountability. Well, I can tell you what the excuse is. They say, well, you see, we got that money from the RNC and the RNC demanded that it go to salaries. And therefore we had to get the bonuses <laughs> as opposed to going to the RNC saying, we need to pay the rent. Can we pay the rent? <laughs> and RNC said, they've always well, got a, they've always got a great excuse. <laughs> well, the RNC can say that it needed to go to salaries and, and maybe that's true. Then it should go to the salaries of the incoming leadership. It should yes, not go to pay go. bonuses <laughs> for people who failed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
Ash, so have- anyway, um, Linktree, Linktree.com slash Ash in America. I'm uh, doing a lot of shows. I do nine live shows a week now with, with Badlands and I'm writing in a whole bunch of different places. So the best place to find it is Linktree.com slash Ash in America. Okay. We love All you. Right. Everybody loves Take you care. as usual. Thank you so much. Great job Thanks, on the guys. column. All right. And then you can also, so you can get uh, Ash there. And then if you go to GlendaleCherryCreek.com, you can get the original article too. Um, Okay. There's been a bunch of great comments here. So um, from Charlene, I think this goes all the way back to Bill Owens. That's true. They say you're a genius. You know, when it's working, they lose their lunch. Um, From Charlene, again, exactly. It's a bipartisan effort to keep the establishment in power. Um, and it sounds like somebody's on the offense. Yay. Exactly. Well, that's what Dave Williams said going in. He goes, we're not playing defense anymore. We're going to be playing offense. So, um, hey, why not also then kind of along what Ash was talking about, there, there is um, the corruption and all of it only works as long as people don't see it. And one of the reasons I think we're seeing such a backlash and all this disinformation and um, the weaponization of, of everything basically is because they are being increasingly exposed, but people see it and people are less afraid. So I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this song. It's a country Western song or country music song. Um, Try that in a small town written by a guy, guy by the name of Jason Aldean. I got to admit, I had never heard of him or the song, but the left is freaking out about this song and they're calling it as it's racist, sexist, anti-trans. So it's, a, it's, it's a lynching song, a lynching song, a lynching song. Now the song itself actually doesn't say anything about any of these things. It's just a guy saying, look at all the way the song basically is look at everything that's falling apart in cities, urban areas that are in decay. That would not happen in a small town because right. in small towns, people look out for each other. Um, so I'm to play some stuff for you there if we could please thomas this is just a little bit of the song if you could play yeah the video song try that in a small town if we could play that please songs it just kind of repeats that same kind of theme it has you know nothing to do with race or anything like that oh we got jacob raising his hand hey jacob hi how you doing i sent you an email i I sent you an email today about this uh, amber mcreynolds taking over the um post office department now yes that she wants to can yes so so there you go it's just it's a continuation i'll just say and heaven forbid if if trump wins oh i feel bad for amber (laughs) Because yes. he's going to go after her. She was exactly, and I and I thank you for that. And actually, I think we're going to talk about that. Do a whole bigger thing on it. Just again, the whole way that the election system is being manipulated, and they have to because they know they can't win. I mean, back to the song, right? They know people. Yeah. If people listen to the song, they're like, 
oh, that's not racist. That song doesn't even talk about lynching, right? And and they're like, can't have that. They just got to squash everything. So thanks, Jacob. Yeah. One last thing on that, on the Israeli um, oh. subject. The only people making money on this uh, whole issue now are the flag makers because yeah, people right. go to protest with one flag right, and then they right. go home and buy another flag. And it, it, it's, you know, I was told that about from an Israeli who's, who's in, you know, who lives there and he says, the flag makers are the money makers. <laughs> That's good. That's a good All point. Right, okay. All right, thank you. Hey, well, and back to the song. So, so the uh, country music TV immediately banned this from their TV, right? The left is, and we'll play some crazy critics. You know, the left is freaking out about it being racist, having not even heard it, right? Racist. It's racist. Well, they're going. Song. So, so that that's the Murray County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee. And so they just went back and found out there's a lynching. I don't know who could be white or black. 1927. You can go anywhere. There's a murder. There's a killing. There's a all of a sudden. You know, you can't have a you can't have a a, a, a video because sometime a hundred years ago something wrong. Because somebody had to do their research to destroy the song, right? I mean, and the Democrats do that. They have opposition researchers digging up dirt. I mean, that's what they do. They have whole organizations that do that. Well, they came after us. Right. And and so somebody had to dig up dirt. And here's what Jason Aldean, he said about that. He goes, oh, we had no idea in 1927 there might have been a lynching here. He's like, this is a courthouse. They shoot all kinds. It'd be like, it's, you know, you'd be did stand-ups in front of the Denver courthouse for TV shows, right? I mean, he says- There's a riot there. 2022 place to shoot video and to shoot stuff he's everybody does it there so and again so think of that the fact that they had to do their work to go through all of those images to find something that they could call it racist well so that anyway so he was canceled on the country music tv um but here's the thing the song is now trending number one on YouTube music in spite of YouTube's efforts to censor it. And it's also now number one in the country music charts. Um, and so they were calling on him to to stop playing the song, to quit singing it. And here's what he had to say at a recent con- a concert. So if we could please play the Jason Aldean soundbite. A lot of things out there. And one thing I love, you guys know how it is this day and age, cancel culture is a thing. That's something that... If people don't like what you say, they try and make sure that they can cancel you, which means try and ruin your life, ruin everything. One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that could see through a lot of the bullshit, all right? I saw country music fans rally like I've never seen before, and it was pretty badass to watch, I gotta say. Thank you guys so much. So I have people ask me, man, everything's going on with this song. Do you think you're going to play it tonight? Do you think you're not going to play it? And I said, you know, people that come to my shows, you guys know what I'm about. You know that, you know what I stand for. I've never shied away from that at all. And I know a lot of you guys grew up like I did, you kind of had the same values, the same principles that I have, which is, which is we want to take our kids to a movie and not worry about some asshole coming in there shooting up the theater, right? So when somebody asked me, hey man, you think you're going to play this song tonight? This, the, answer is, the answer is simple. 
The people have spoken, and you guys spoke very, very loudly this week. Again, if you're at the left, You've got to be extremely, I hope, uncomfortable. I mean, I, I know they're like, all those people are like, you know, they're all racist and homophobes too. But here's the thing. It's, I mean, there are way more people there who, including me, who never heard of this guy. I'm sorry, but I didn't. Who now are wherever, and I support him, right? And I will buy the song and support this song. And, you yes. know, no matter all of what they're trying to do to crack down on people. Hey, one more hand working. up. We've got, yeah, is that Johnny? Yeah, it's me. Hey, Johnny. Uh, I bought the song. I got the lyrics, went over, and I and I, and that 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 Whoopi Goldberg, the most stupidest woman I've ever seen. I, I don't know <laughs> what what happened to her, or was she ever intelligent? Maybe like maybe like a Harris kind yeah. of. She was always stupid, and I I just don't. I mean, I wish Denver was like that, a small town. We used yeah. to be yeah. a little bit like that. Right. But now that these these guys have taken over, it, it's uh, it's just very frustrating. But yeah, I got the song. I'm going oh, and um, l- last July I was at the this Christian cafe called the Drip, DJing outside, and forty LGBTQ whatever their their things are came out was shouting at the the coffee house, disrupting what we were doing, and this whole left thing is they're just totally crazy and all they can do is shout you down not have a a, a real conversation and right. we're going to go back out there again uh, you know the first friday again because this is ridiculous that right. we can't have freedom of speech but they can have Exactly. Well, and, and, yeah. And you, you said you lived to the lyrics. I, I mean, it's, it's talking about this wouldn't happen in a small town. It certainly slams big towns, right. And like Denver and decay, but there, it's not racist. It's not, you know, anti-trans or, anti, I mean, all of, I mean, they're just like, it just needs to be shut down because it's pointing out, it's pointing out, a, 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 you know, it's not going with the narrative that we insist people follow. Yeah. And only people that would like, you know, Jacking an old lady while she's at a, a red light are criminals. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's not like it's a controversial position. So, <laughs> well, hey, Johnny. All right, thanks, thanks, Johnny. Thank you, and All let right. us know. Keep us posted on how things go on your first Friday. Okay. Say what did you say? Keep, keep let us know. You you said you guys are going back there. You're not going to be shut down. You're going back on Friday. Yeah, first Friday, and we're we're going to bring a, a lot of people with us. Because they were trying to deter people from going into the coffee house, just where, because. Where, where, what time? What time and where? We'll be there on the fourth of August, from uh, five thirty to eight o'clock. I'll be there before the, the setup, but that's what time my and show where, starts with just trivia, playing music, and uh, and where's that? Head curse, it's at um, eight sixty nine Santa Fe, the first Friday. Okay. All right. Great. All right. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thank you, and have have a good good luck with the with the event. Oh yes, thanks. All right. Well, you know, as, as you said, here's um some of the 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 left again was just melting down um talking about it. But uh, I want you to listen. This was this guy on CNN, and I think this critic might have been kind of being thinking about being honest, but then he was realizing that he was not going to be allowed to be honest. I mean, let me see what you guys think. But if we could please play the crazed critic soundbite. CMT pulled this video offering no explanation 
Critics claim that it is a modern-day lynching song. I'm wondering what you see when you watch this video and listen to the lyrics. Well, I don't blame people for thinking that, knowing the context of, as you mentioned, the lynching going back to the 1920s. Uh, you know, Aldine's people have said privately that um, they didn't know about the lynching when they shot the video at that site, and that uh, a lot of videos and films shoot there, and it just happened to be that location, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's it's hard to know whether to ascribe racism exactly to what's going on here. I, I see it more as kind of a general xenophobia that you see in the song <laughs> in the video but about small towns, big towns. Uh, we don't want any city slickers coming in here with their demonstrations and their Molotov cocktails. But I think, you know, when you hear lines in the song like, uh, see, see how far you get leaving town, um, I, I think that is the kind of language that historically people have heard in the South and associate with uh, people being unfriendly to either certain races or demonstrators who had very high I, I don't blame people for taking that leap, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Like, I, but a, I mean, exactly. It was kind of like, he kind of, I think there's a part of him that was like, I, I, you know, I don't really want to say, no, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of because I'm here on CNN. I don't want to come back, but it's kind of like, but so then he kind of just goes with the narrative. Yeah, hey, Charlene, Charlene, good to hear from oh, you. Oh, hi there. Well, one thing I've learned in all my years on this earth is uh, when there's all out concerted effort to stop something, that means it's truthful. And so when you see right. this, it's like, oh, we are really over the target. But, you know, of course, the Marxists don't want us in small towns. They, they don't oh, want us on oh, land. Yeah. They don't want us growing our own food. They right. don't want us. Um, they want us in the big cities where uh, they can control us better and, and right. smaller spaces. And, um, uh, he was promoting all those things, so they're gonna they're gonna do their best to to shut those down. But you know, when they send it out, people like Whoopi Goldberg, and they are kind of like the uh, the thought police. Uh, you know, they they right. the view people. is the official thought police. Yes, and when they do that, you know that they really are on target. And and uh, they don't. The primary thing is they don't want us defending ourselves against the Soros terrorists in the deep state they don't want us to even think about that since they can't get our guns they're just going to ingrain in us that we're not supposed to use our guns we can right. have our guns but we can't use them and so you know that's why they're attacking it but but you know um when uh we give them you know we give them uh uh fuel when we repeat their arguments because that argument on cnn i was like now that sounds logical that sounds reasonable so you see it gives them an opportunity to promote their um their responses and then the people that are not as astute about propaganda as we are they're like well i guess they have a point we shouldn't <laughs> be doing stuff like that and so you know i'm kind of one of these things i'm kind of the energy person what Inter what we put out into the yeah. uh, zeitgeist, it, it, it kind of creates uh, uh, more of that uh, attitude or that uh, that right. belief. So we should, I don't even want to repeat CNN's lies. I don't even hear their lies because it, it, it opens a crack. It's like, oh gosh, they may have a point there. When really, there's no point to be made at all. The guy's yeah. saying, we're Americans, we're defending ourselves and we love our small towns. And yeah. and so, I, I don't know, it's just like, I just don't want to give the Marxist any of my energy. Yeah. And I just, I just want to, uh, but, but, but they did bring it into awareness 
uh, with with the whole song. But now I, I'm well. I must admit, because... I, don't, I don't like Nikki Haley, but she's adopted that for her her all her events. They play it. Oh well, because she needs all the help she can get. You know, <laughs> I mean, she does. She, and, and she, she does. Well, yeah. I think okay. that what's good is, in spite of all of their efforts, now it's again probably would not have been number one, but it's t- number one trending on YouTube. It's number one in the country music charts, so people are increasingly seeing th- and they're saying through the propaganda, right. yeah. And exactly. I, I, I don't know, maybe we have to show the propaganda in order to see through it. But you know, like the whole Barbie thing, people are not seeing through all that subliminal. Uh, uh, we don't uh, have time today. We'll talk about Barbie. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, thanks. Okay. Fascinated about Barbie. Okay, thank you, Charlene. Appreciate it. Um, and real quick, we can end kind of on a happy note. Um, that you know, Fox is having its issues, right? But Greg Gutfeld is still, I think, doing okay. a, doing a good job there. And so this was he had a comedian, Jim Brewer, who uh, was addressing this too. So final soundbite. If we could please play the Jim Brewer on Gutfeld. They only have certain words they always say. Mm-hmm. That is it. You can have a car crash, a song about a car crash, and they go, we need a statement. Racist! <laughs> Sexist! They hate black people! <laughs> Did we get, is anyone by that? Is it, <laughs> yeah. You saw this, I, I listened to the song, I watched the video, there's not, what baffles my mind is, okay, you can burn the place down you can drag innocent elderly women out of a car and beat them kick them you can light uh churches on fire but just don't write no songs about it exactly (laughs) now you're crossing the racial tension line exactly so, so let's go. Right. Let's take out a page Thanks, um, everybody. Thank you to Ash. and Gene Ash for coming on, and and we'll have a lot more about that uh, Wednesday and maybe Friday. So, look forward to seeing you all then. All right, bye, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you later.